Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? The Galactic Dads Podcast, a podcast by Geeky Dads, talking about all things geek, dad life, I am the father, and beyond. Language. All right, everybody. Welcome back to episode 84 of the Galactic Dads Podcast. I am Brandon, and I am back to let you know that we are your dad destination for all things geek, dad life, and beyond. That'll include bits of dad advice for any of your daddy issues. We talk comics, movies, TV shows, video games, and whatever else strikes us as worthy to talk about. Today, I am joined by Laser Eric. What's happening, man? Hey, good evening. How's it going? It is so good to hear you. Obviously, we are not in person, and this is a fun Zoom encounter. Uh, and I think we just <laughs> lost Jedi John, who was here, uh, but apparently there were some problems with this transmission from the outer rim. Hopefully, we get him back in just a little bit. I'm uh, sure he'll pop back through pretty quick. He will. He's that type of guy. No worries. Yep. <laughs> no worries about it. So, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? I'm actually uh, had a really exciting day. Um, as yeah. far as daddy issues go, I, I went to the Home Depot. We had time uh, and picked up stuff to install the shower and Studio Prime's, um, well, bathroom that we're building. So uh, we'll share photos on that later. You got uh, that shower cam? You got I a good did. one? Well, I'm sure. I, I called you and I said, I'm buying a shower pan and you heard shower <laughs> cam. And I think that really let, let me know where your mind's at. Well, to be fair, I was driving, uh, and my demo this week has been a, a diesel truck because of the weather and everything. So I had a lot of background noise when you called. And uh, so that's the excuse I'm going to use. If you want to put a shower cam up, that's your business. Hey, man, the only person I just hope you get one in 1080p, man, in uh, audio. <laughs> yeah, well, there's going to be a lot more than 80ps, let me tell you. Uh, also, the only person showering in there is probably going to be me. So look at that. Hey, look, it looks like Jedi John is back. He just jumped back into the Zoom. You there, yeah, buddy? He's, he's he's muted. He's uh he's muted. He's trying to get connected, it looks like. But uh look at him that's, go. That's the beauty of technology. It's a shame we couldn't be together to do this, but you know, with the weather and then of course with everybody's schedules and you know, exciting days and things like that. We just have to do what we have to do to get the content out. And you know what it is? It's, it's called dad life, and it's so hard. Exactly, exactly. We, um, you know, me and the boys, the wife's working all weekend. The boys and I went to the hardware store as well today for not the same issues, but we had stuff that we needed to get. And, you know, it's just a good day to do it. What did you pick up at the hardware store? What were you guys after? Stuff to hide the body? Shovels? A bag of lye? What's going on? I wouldn't worry too much about all that. No, we, um, <laughs> the more, you know, we ran, so we ran over to ACE hardware just down the street from the house. Um, the boys are a big fan of that place because it's, it's kind of little and I kind of let them run around a little bit. Cause there's usually not too many people in there, but we were not going after much. Honestly, I needed to get some barbecue supplies cause, um, yeah, I'm grilling in the snow and I don't care. Worth and, it. Uh, oh yeah. I saw yeah. the, I saw the wings on the galactic dad's barbecue page. Yeah, yeah, we did uh, we did chicken this evening, and uh, I'm going to do a rack of ribs tomorrow just because, you know, why not? Right. But, um, you know, so we had to get some barbecue stuff, and then we were looking at um, we we're looking at some paint and some other things as well. So, you know, just a nice little outing. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, John, if you are looking at us, uh, I don't know if you can hear us, but we cannot hear you, um, though we want to, desperately. And judging by your smile, I know you can hear us, which is even better. So you'll figure it out, buddy. Check those settings. He'll get there. Check those settings. We'll get there, big guy. In the me, <laughs> I just love Leo. He came back from Cabo. Like he just he has no idea what's going on. Here came back from world. Cabo, forgot how to use Zoom. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. It's what happens when you don't work for two weeks. You lucky man. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, I tell you what, we'll have some fun with that, uh, but we'll keep it moving so everybody mm-hmm. is kind of on the same page with us. Uh, we, of course, are your dad destination. You can hook us up and see what we're up to on the socials. Um, we briefly mentioned it, but we talked about Galactic Dad's BBQ page over there on Instagram. Uh, Laser Eric runs that, and he does a really good job doing it. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us about it? What, what's something that you put up there lately that everybody can can really focus on and how tasty it is? Dude, I've been doing a ton of breakfast stuff lately because how cold and rainy and crappy it's been. Haven't been cooking outside too much. But there's been a lot of breakfast food, a lot of talk about it. it's the most important meal of the day. I mean, obviously, you know, so. yeah. but, um, you know, luckily the skies are dry, which uh, makes the makes the rest of it a little easier. So I'm going to get some cold air outdoor cooking going on uh, this weekend. And uh, I put a little bit of stuff up. Uh, John, you know, John made a roast today, and I think I put that up this afternoon. Yes, you did. It uh, looked did good. Some, uh, yeah, it looked awesome. Uh, I did some chicken outdoors today. I'm going to do a rack of ribs tomorrow. I'll probably pull something else out before too long, you know, because there's only four of us in my house, so I need to cook at least 20 pounds of meat. Absolutely. Get a full-blown <laughs> bison in there to feed you yeah. guys till uh, 2024. That sounds good. Yeah. But that's about it. I mean, you, you can see, you know, you can see the stuff that I'm cooking, you know, when 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 the rest of the dads submit uh, any anything that, you know, their culinary triumphs and things like that, that shows up on the barbecue page as well. Uh, doesn't have to be all outdoor cooking. Like I said, been doing a lot of breakfast cooking and cast iron lately. I, um, I am but, a big fan of the cast iron. Uh, my daughter's fifth birthday. can't believe it was this mm. past week. And we asked her what she wanted for dinner. She said she wanted steak. And what that means oh, to her. what that means to her is dad cooks ribeyes in the cast iron skillet, and that's exactly what I did. And those always turn out wonderful. I love to cook it in the cast iron skillet and reverse sear it in the oven. Well uh, done. Oh, it's my favorite. Um, well done. The only problem is, is I cook it the way I want to eat it, which means it comes out mooing. Uh, and my daughter's <laughs> down with it, but my wife is like, "This is not okay." So that's fun. But uh, also, I myself have submitted a couple of breakfast photos. Uh, The last one I was really proud of was the loaded uh, bacon cheddar fries with the uh, over easy eggs um, on top. Yeah, with the avocado and the feta and everything. Yeah, I made that look look pretty. Like, what restaurant do you work in, dude? I don't. (laughs) What happened was my wife looked at me uh, that morning. It was a Saturday morning, and we were all just kind of sitting there kind of lazily watching cartoons with the kids and we had all just kind of woken up and my wife looked at me and she showed me a photo on Facebook on her phone. She goes, look what somebody's husband made them. And it was Uh kind of like that. And I went, okay, bet. And then I got (laughs) up and I just like, I raided the deep freeze to find the crinkle fries. And I was like, we've got eggs, we've got avocado, we've got feta cheese. Let's go. Yep. And I, I ended up pulling up one of the, uh, more, more impressive breakfast I've ever made in my life. 
And I don't that know that dumb. it was that involved, but it it plated very well. I think I put more effort into plating it than the flavor, and it was still pretty good. The the picture was was excellent. The the picture was was fantastic. It made me want to eat it. And I had just taken a picture of my breakfast and like, well, this stuff sucks. I don't even remember what I cooked. But. This sucks. It wasn't as good. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> I believe it. What was it? I, I I ate the breakfast. I was like, this is good. And my wife was like, thank you. And I was like, I'm sorry. What's that? <laughs> are you are you down for that? <laughs> Heck yeah. Speaking of which, look who's joining me down here. Hey, I'm back. You are Much back. Better. There he is. All right. So um, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll get started on the beers of the week here. I just finished one, actually. Uh, while we were doing setup, I was getting started uh, with the, let's see, Scottish Export Ale from Walnut River Brewing Company. This is the Maple Pecan Long John. 5.9%. Um, you know, nice dark beer. Not too bad. Um, nice, easy, sessionable get you started kind of thing and now i'm moving on to the second shift brewing company silhouette imperial stout that one's a little heavier seven percent alcohol by volume i'm looking forward to pouring this and seeing how dark it is and wonderful that sounds delicious cannot wait what do you got john um so i went down south this week yes um, <laughs> but uh this one wasn't as far south as i was for my vacation but uh i've got abita uh brewing company's amber lager uh four and a half alcohol by volume nice easy drinking lager for me tonight mixed in with some bud lights and some budweiser you know how it goes oh yeah absolutely so abita makes a good beer they make a couple of really good beers they do i just got a couple this week um I actually was uh, somebody brought them back as a gift from New Orleans. So, oh, right on. Um, yeah. So, enjoying those. And once I'm done with those, I'll move back to some tried and true for from at my house, you know? Yep. Yep. Well, it's, you know, it, someday it's bound to get a little bit warmer out. And, you know, then it'll be good beer drinking weather and we'll be, uh, you know, out on the patio or whatever. And can't wait for that. But you, um, you know, not to uh, not to cause delays or anything, but you uh, you got a little bit of an escape just at the right time from, <laughs> yeah, the, I, from the cold weather, didn't you? Yeah, I escaped the uh, <laughs> the freezing weather along with a lot of snow. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just got a couple of days ago. It was nice. Uh, Cabo was gorgeous. So um, it was a lot of fun. My son was a nightmare, but you know, uh, for any dad, well, any parent that's traveled with a young child uh, under the age, well he's just over one now uh you know what kind of a headache that entails sometimes and uh he proved true for most of the part actually flying was the best part uh just no while kidding. we were down there he was just yeah while we were down there he just was not very um the water was a little chilly so that was like he couldn't go in the pool for too long just because it was a little cold um the beach in cabo is like they're not known for um, swimming in the ocean, uh, even though it's gorgeous, uh, there's a really bad uh, undertow that will drag you out pretty quick. So I've heard the uh, Pacific well, side is a little mean. Yeah, so uh, uh, we couldn't go very far in the ocean. It was also very cold, um, but we did hang out. We got our feet in there, you know, that because that, that was his first time at the ocean. So wanted him oh. to experience that. The waves were super loud, so he got scared of that. I mean. <laughs> He's just one. So, you know, it just is what it is. 
Um, but yeah, overall it was a, it was a great time. Uh, we had a lot of good food, had a lot of good drinks and, uh, enjoyed our time at the pool in the sun versus hearing all my friends back home talking about six or seven inches of unpleasantness. So. Six or seven inches is adorable. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, we all got a little bit of a two to, depending on what industry you work in and what your business was, we got anywhere from a two to three to four day vacation. <laughs> Um, you know, we, um, I, I can't speak for everybody. I know like, you know, on the South side of St. Louis and stuff, it was not as heavy. Um, we personally, my house, we got over the course of the two days, we got just a little over a foot. Um, oh, wow. No, um, I know Tuesday evening, you know, my staff, I, I work further North up by where Brandon lives. And a lot of my staff lives further North from that and the further north you got the worse it got Mm. and um i had a lot of people asking and and we uh yeah i woke up wednesday morning to you know to 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 my wife and you know she works retail and and you know she she got up and worked out and everything like normal and i my alarm went off i got up like it was a normal day and uh you know, she, she looked at me, she's like, what are you getting ready for? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, I already got shut down. So I'm sure you're going to. And sure enough, about a half an hour later, my boss and I talked on the phone. It's like, we're not even going to try. And, yeah. Uh, we well, were not closed. worth it at some point. Oh my goodness. No. And it, it just, it kept coming down. And uh, Thursday was even worse. We got a, at least an inch an hour all morning. And um yeah, I finally I went back to work yesterday. Um, Steph hasn't Steph went back to work today. She she didn't work Friday. But even yesterday, like I went in and I mean, I went in just to say I did. Basically, we didn't have anything going on. We ended up shutting down early, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wasn't much going. That's crazy. Crazy days. Crazy days. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But with the uh you know with the way it is it's it's cold but the sun's melting a bunch of the snow and then of course it gets dark and all the snow turns to ice and uh that's when it becomes you know a problem i guess you can say and but it's you know it's part of what we uh part of what we do here in the midwest and we got to deal with it and uh you know my uh my kids have been out of school and out of daycare since last tuesday oh wow Um, you know, we, we filled the time, we got them outside and let them play in the snow, um, as much as we could, but they didn't really want to be out there all that much either. Um, right. just because of how cold it was and it was windy. We took a walk around the neighborhood on Wednesday and it was so windy. We got about halfway around the block. We're like, this was a mistake. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that's crazy. Now before this had, uh, had four ever seen snow. Um, yes and no i mean like a little he was he was alive for it but he would never remember it <laughs> i gotcha i gotcha yeah are we What's talking about fluid combo well i have four in snow oh okay sorry yeah. i'm just barging back in my apologies welcome yeah, no, back good. Well, you've yeah, got a you've got a daddy issue to first, talk about too i do yeah, i the first do tooth? are we in the middle of daddy issues is that where we're at see si, senor uh, uh, yeah sure all right <laughs> No, it's really cool. My uh, daughter um, just turned five. She went walking by me. I took a look at her. I said, hey, there's a gap in your teeth that was never there before. Come here. And her tooth was loose. 
I was like, hey, you just turned five. I'm not ready for you to uh, start losing teeth yet. And uh, lo and behold, here we are on the 5th of February, and that bad boy just popped out. And she just grabbed it, pulled it out like a beast, and took it to her aunt. It was like, call mom and dad, let them know. And so I had to stop recording to go up and, and take a look. But uh, So I guess you got to stop by the ATM tomorrow? Or That's uh, right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so I was looking at her, I was like, I looked at my wife. I go, so if she starts losing her teeth, what's this going to cost us? Like 36 bucks? <laughs> How many human teeth are there? 36. Uh, and my wife was like, I don't know. And I said, yeah, me either. Uh, so I guess it'll cost a little bit of money, but it, it's a lot of fun. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm actually really proud of her being a boss about it. Like she's not scared or anything. She's pulled it out and was like, here it is. Uh, I'll send you an invoice, Tooth Fairy, which is pretty entertaining. You should dress up for the first time for the first one. Uh, no, no, I've no, already. I did. What? No, I didn't. I was just going to see if I could dupe you on it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, man. No. Because if I do that, it's a real issue. And then I have to keep doing it. I've already learned this with the birthday fairy. Um, oh, yeah. Every year on her birthday, she wakes up and her room is filled with balloons. Uh, so I'm on year five of that now, which is pretty cool, but I keep like now I just refuse to not do it. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't want to create a whole nother tradition, which is ridiculous. <laughs> that's that's what they'll remember, though. That's what they'll remember. Yeah. So it's good. And that's why I do it because it just looks great. So I, I don't know. I don't know. What are you going to do? Um, speaking of looking great, I, I can't help but look at the uh, the Zoom links here, and um, I feel like I'm looking pretty good. Like the uh, the ring light and uh, the camera are looking pretty pro here. Maybe I just need to go ahead and launch the live stream on the MacBook here. Go for it. I think that's yeah, what we need we can to do. do. That. Definitely. What what are you operating on there, Eric? What am I operating on? Yeah. Um, I've got I've got my ring light going in here in the kitchen and okay. uh I've got my Logitech HD 1080p webcam perched up in the middle of it and uh perched it's, Yeah, it's uh obviously a little bit above my head which is why I'm not looking at it. Mm -hmm. um, but um but yeah, <laughs> I like, I look at the, all the screens I just see John taking a big old swig off his beer there. Have, <laughs> have we done did we do uh, booze of the week already? We did, we did, but if you want to, uh, why, no, don't, why don't you uh, no, give fine. us your contribution? What are you drinking? I started. I started before I left. but uh, That's right, you did. Yeah, I'm doing the Four oh, Roses yeah. and Coke Zero, which is good. The healthy option. All right, so it okay. sounds like, I mean, aside from any other daddy issues, I, I don't know how much you guys got. Ooh, that looks pretty. That looks real pretty. Looks better without the glare, but Silhouette by Second Shift. Ooh, Second Shift is good. That's a good mm -hmm. beer company. All right, you guys ready to jump in? We're going to skip movies this week because I don't think that there is really anything there that's going to excite anybody that we haven't seen in the last episode or so. Uh, we're just going to jump right into TV shows because there's a lot popping off, and I personally yes, uh, am really excited about uh, what I'm watching. I know everybody else is watching a lot of stuff uh, as well. Uh, and too many, too many new things this week, too many. There, too many new releases in the last two weeks. There are, and especially since the last time we actually did an episode uh, together, I mean, we've had a lot of stuff pop off. So uh, personally, I'm excited to talk about one specific show. 
I know I'm kind of alone on that on this particular podcast, which is okay. Um, but uh, And then, of course, we'll talk about the other big one of the week. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and just jump right in to TV shows. Here we go. I wanted to talk about all the TV shows. There's a lot of stuff popping off right now. There's some um, actually really incredible stuff going on. One of the shows that we briefly mentioned but never really talk about uh, on the Galactic Dads podcast is Superman and Lois. By the way, okay. has anybody actually seen any clips from that or watched any episodes? Uh, anybody picking up anything on that? I've caught a little bit, but not really enough to have much authority on the matter. All right, so Jalen from over there on the Little Bit of Nerd podcast is what I would call an authority on this, and he is always pumping this show. Uh, and I would have to agree that it looks incredible. This past week, I was just looking through YouTube clips for various things. I saw a YouTube clip uh, on the second season of the show where Superman was battling Bizarro. Huh. And it, it was awesome. Bizarro actually comes out dressed as Doomsday in his first appearance. Uh, he kind of escapes and he looks like that. And I was like, dude, that's doomsday. They're doing that this early in the show. And then uh, they open the suit and it's straight up bizarro. And it's a really cool fight, even for CW level, you know, effects and stuff. It looks really cool. Uh, so that's one of the shows that I feel like I'm going to go back and get really invested in uh, over there. I think I can watch it all through HBO Max. And that's something yeah. I'm definitely going to go jump in on. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'll have to take a look at that too. We're uh, we're in a bit of somewhat of a dry spell on TV shows. It's getting much much better. As John, you alluded to that. There's a lot popping off over the last little bit. Um, you know, just in time for. I, I think this happens every time there's an Olympic cycle. Is you have the Olympics and then afterwards, you get a whole bunch of stuff that just shows up or starts premiering right away. So we get that to look forward to here real real soon. Well, I mean, let's just go ahead and talk about the Olympics real quick. As far as every dad on this particular podcast, I don't know that anybody's really that interested in the Winter Olympics um, as much as you are, Laser Eric. John, back me up. Uh, do, do you agree with that? I love watching curling. I knew, yeah, I knew if right. there was going to be a sport. Forget hockey, which is the one that we probably should all be most interested in. Everyone jumps to curling. I don't know why, because you know why curling is the most interesting to us? Because we could all do it. That's the sport that we could all actually be. Even myself, who is the most potentially most unathletically inclined person on the show. I'm pretty sure I could get there and sweep the out of that ice <laughs> and, and make curling happen. I don't know. It Dude, could be fun. I don't know, yeah. Curling, I, I, curling, curling's fun. Ice hockey's fun. I do enjoy this, uh, the speed skating stuff like that yeah, like speed, those speed like, skating's very cool it, it, i mean i enjoy watching those those races just because it's um i mean you're talking about the fastest people in the world on on skates and such or skis or anything so um i do enjoy the olympics a whole a whole lot but uh yeah curling and ice hockey probably my two favorites just uh just to chill out and watch i mean snowboarding is pretty cool uh, i mean it's hard to 
to say it's not, especially to see Sean White go up there and do a whole I bunch could. of stuff we used to do on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater back in the day, uh, which is all yeah. very cool. Um, well, now they have the uh, they have the slope style event, which is the snowboarding, where they just they go down the hill and there are rails and ramps and stuff they could do stunts off of all the way down the hill and that's a blast to watch i was watching the women's slope style yesterday um and that's it those people like man women whatever you are you gotta have balls of steel to do some stuff like that because i'm looking True at that story. like i break my neck getting out of the gate much less doing any of the other stuff that they're doing it's out of this world um i love curling as well um curling's probably my favorite i watched women's ice hockey today uh team usa murdered russia it was well i feel bad for russia on that but what are you gonna do i don't because uh, i'm team usa <laughs> all the way all right um actually the united states so the biathlon you guys know what the biathlon is right yeah it's the athlon that goes both ways perfect perfectly done yeah i don't that's even have to explain the, uh, it you got it that's a cross-country skiing with the shooting, right? Yes, cross-country oh, skiing with the rifle. Even better. Um, the U.S., I don't think the U.S. Time. has ever meddled in that event, and they had Which is amazing. A, right, right. It's, you would think, I mean, you know, we're the country with the most guns per capita of anywhere in the world, but we actually had a guy in medal contention until I think the last leg of shooting uh, cause every time you miss, you have to take a penalty lap and he was clean all the way up until the last round of shooting and he missed once and it knocked him down to, I think seventh, which is still just a really impressive showing by an American in the sport. That's always dominated by the Norwegians, you know, Norway, Sweden, um, you know, Scandinavian countries, things like that. Gotcha. So that, that was cool to watch it, it, that stuff's entertaining to me because it's out of sight for four years and then it shows up. You're like, Hey, this is cool. You know, that's that's where I'm at on the Olympics. So I think that's cool. I think the what is that? The downslope skiers that do the incredible jumps. Yeah. That's insane that's to me. That that jump they get so high. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That it, to me personally, I, every time I see them, like these people all have a death wish. And um like I'm impressed and I will definitely watch that every time. There's a couple of other winter Olympic sports that you watch and you're like, how is this an Olympic sport and not an X game kind of thing going right. on? Uh, all those I, I do truly respect. And, you know, anybody who becomes an Olympic athlete, I don't care what level, if it's ping pong, which is, you know, easy to poke fun at or anything, we'd all be proud to be there to do it. I was about to say, till you watch those guys play ping pong, and you're no. like, yeah, okay, yeah, you can have it. Yeah, that's like a superhuman level. Uh, but, yeah, those downhill, like, ski jumpers and stuff like that, they are out of their mind insane. Uh, how more people don't actually pass away trying to meddle at that, I will never know. I'm just glad they don't. Uh, but for the most part, though, I just feel like the Olympics is something that I just kind of graze over, even though I have Peacock. Uh, I have Peacock because I wanted to watch Halloween Kills, which I was incredibly disappointed in. But I always forgot to cancel Peacock. Uh, so now I'm watching the Olympics on it. Peacock has some some decent stuff on it, um, I guess. Yeah, the Office and Parks and Rec. And, yeah. Come on. Uh, yeah. Well, Parks and Rec is good because I always love... Uh, John, back me up here. What's his name? Ron? Ron Swanson? Ron Swanson. Yeah. That's right. I enjoy him because he's far manlier than I will ever be. He goes into a home improvement store, and when asked if he needs help, he says, I know more than you stand down. Uh, that's what I say when I go into the comic shop. Uh, that's the yeah. level of not a man that I am. 
Uh, so that's fun. But, uh, you know, regardless, as far as Olympics goes, uh, I'm, I'm down to watch it, but I'm not like going out of my way to go get the popcorn and grab the kids kind of stuff. It is a great time filler. Like I will put it on like today, me and the kids were running around all day and we got home. I put the Olympics on because all we were doing was eating and then chilling out until we did our evening stuff. Got you. Perfect. We don't have anything else that we have to watch or need to watch. We'll put this on for a while. And it just conveniently happened to be team USA hockey. So that's good stuff. Works for me. Yeah. I'll take him. All right. So moving away from the Olympics, what else are we watching? Um, I know, Eric, you wanted to talk about the Orville dropped a first look at season three. Yeah, we, uh, it, you know, it's funny. There, there's one thing I want to put in before that. I was just, just got a text message. If you roll the tape back, you can see me pick up my phone. Uh, the Wheel of Time, uh, which just had its first season. Over there uh, on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it was picked up for season two before it released. Uh, it was announced today. It has been picked up for season three. Uh, and Amazon has increased the budget pretty significantly on the show. So they really love what they saw. Yeah, so they're, Amazon's happy with what they saw. They're happy with the viewership, which the viewership, I think it was of the of the eight episodes, it was 1.2 billion collective views among all the episodes or something, which is solid, especially for a show not a whole lot of people really knew a lot about. That is staggering. Yeah, so... Yeah. All good news on the Amazon front, good news on the Wheel of Time front. I've, I've said my piece on Wheel of Time plenty of times, so happy to hear that. Shout out to Tim. Thank you for the text. Um, oh, shout yeah, out, actually, Tim. We always love to hear Tim on the show. Yeah, he's probably drinking, too. I'll try to find out what beer he's drinking. But, Attaboy. Uh, <laughs> you you <laughs> but, know, we uh, should no, send him a Zoom invite one time. Yeah, we'll do that at some point. Um, yeah. So That show your, is still on my list. That, that show's still there. Yeah, it'll be there yeah um so one that's one that's been on my list since it got kicked off of fox was the orville um i love that show um orville season three is going to be on hulu and they just released a i think it's like a four or five minute clip of the next season um if the clip is any indication you know i I, how familiar are you guys with the show I'm as familiar with this show as the fact that it is essentially Star Trek via Seth MacFarlane, Seth MacFarlane. Or, or the yeah. guy from who's responsible for Family Guy, uh, the Cleveland Show, yes. uh, American or Dad. Or the guy, like people don't know who Seth MacFarlane is. Right. I mean, a lot. obviously I say it because some people don't know, but he's uh, the one guy who tries to make Broadway cool, but apparently can only make it a joke and all this stuff, so. He's the yeah. captain of the Orville. Let's go with that. But yeah. uh, he's like he so, made, he took Galaxy Quest and just made it even more relevant. Oh, dude! So when the when the Orville came out, it came out right around the same time Star Trek Discovery came out, and I, I remember I felt really silly because I liked the Orville better. Right? <laughs> um, it's I hilarious. Silly like, at all? It's not silly at all. It, no, it really isn't. Even if you're not a Star Trek fan, the Orville is funny. It's entertaining. Um it's it it does play like a star trek show but it really it does it's fun it is fun to watch and the fact that the captain's ex-wife is his first officer <laughs> is hysterical because the first two or three episodes you know you'll, you'll have the captain and he'll be all formal talking to somebody oh i'm captain ed mercer and this is my ex-wife you know it just totally just little stuff little nuanced stuff but it also added serious moments and uh the 
the season three preview shows kind of more of a serious moment because they're in the middle of battle and they're getting their kicked for lack of a better term you're seeing stuff blow up around the ship and it centers around the older son of the doctor the doctor has two kids she's a single mom and the oldest son is running through the ship dodging explosions dodges a hull breach almost gets sucked into space and and he's trying to get to his little brother and he does get to his little brother in the shot um but then after that it kind of pans away and then you show like almost the preview stuff where it you know gives you the long pan of the ship and the long pan of a star base and stuff like that so it's interesting to see what they're going to do with the network restrictions lifted but right because it's now what on hulu it's on hulu now so they can do whatever they want they can you know curse they can be more violent whatever they choose gotcha gotcha I believe Jedi John had some things yeah. that we wanted to, to talk about on that front. Yeah, we can we can we can hit Hulu real quick and then um yeah, just quick stop real quick. Just uh mm-hmm. started Letter Kenny season ten. Oh yes. I actually don't know when it came out, but I found it yesterday. Um granted I was in Cabo for a few days there, so like but uh yeah, I mean I and I've been preoccupied with some other shows, so if it was out sooner than that, I'm sorry, but I just found it and uh well, if you like some recycled jokes from previous seasons, they're doing a great job. So, oh wow, okay. Well, anytime you get to season ten, it's uh, unless you're South Park, you're you're bound to recycle some stuff. Which actually, South Park season twenty five just started last week or the week before. Yeah, oh, oh last week. One. Last week was it last week? I don't know. I, I haven't been keeping up with the seasons. I did watch the COVID, the post-COVID specials and just died laughing on uh, those. Yeah, those are so funny. They're they, did, they did a great job. <laughs> no, they, but yeah, Letter King, they, they made it all the way to episode three before they pulled out uh, Noah Dick and Anita Dick again. You know? Gotcha. Gotcha. I dig it, though. Like, I'm on, yeah, I'm on board with that. It is what it is. Hey, what if, you, if, you're, if you're good with just, like, easy humor... Just uh, to have a good time. It's a good. It's a great show, and I'm there for it. So yeah, they do what they do, and they own what they do. You know, it's one of the things I always say. Like one of the reasons that we have had issues, and obviously they're only excuses, but one of the reasons that I allow us to have the excuse of we can't record this week is because of snow issues and and problems traveling, things like that, is because we got about, what, 13 inches of snow, a nice solid ice-based layer before the snow, so travel was difficult where we live. And I was just thinking about, we're in the middle of the U.S. Has anybody checked on Canada? (laughs) Does anyone check on it? They're still trying to dig their way to Canada. They don't even care yeah. anymore. Canada's like, yeah, we're pff, just bring me a lightsaber and a tauntaun, and we'll talk about it after the fact. Like that's it. So, Steph and I had a conversation uh, one day when we were both off work this past week. We here in a couple of weeks we're going up to northern Indiana, right at the border between Indiana and Michigan, and um, we're going up there for a beer festival. And they uh, they got like a foot and a half, two feet of snow. And it's a distinct possibility that they're going to still have a lot of that snow on the ground when we get there in two weeks. Cause it's never going to get warm enough to get rid of all of it. I don't think <laughs> So no. we'll see. you'll have a lot of fun. Nothing like a, uh, nothing like an all day outdoor beer festival 
in two feet of snow, but it'll it's be perfect. As you, just put your, you just put one beer down in the snow to keep it cold. Oh, it's good. Another one in your hand. Well, the lodge we're staying at is going to feed us kegs and eggs before, and then they're going to take us there and keep us warm with all the beer, and then we'll get a ride back. And it'll be all good. Okay, as a uh, functioning adult, where are your children for this? Uh, my parents, their grandparents, are going Wonderful. to be hanging out with them for the weekend. Good they are you. over the moon excited. Oh, really the kids are the your grandparents or their both, grandparents both, gotcha, um, gotcha. both but but grandma and papa actually spent this weekend cleaning up their basement and found a bunch of my old toys so uh i'm anything sure we can sell anything i will buy uh no i think i already got through most of that although i am if you sell castle gray skull to anyone else i swear to god i'm coming to your house castle gray skull has been gone for a long time that was actually my brother's but I am missing some Marvel trading cards. A few of the series four and most of my series three and series two are gone. I got to find those because uh, those are hard to get. Yeah, I hear you. Even now, which is weird. But anyway, it's awesome that you're uh, going up to uh, Indiana on the border of Michigan. You crazy person. Uh, that looks good. Uh, while you were talking about that, I'll my, send pictures. my beautiful wife, who has her hair wrapped up like Ahsoka right now uh, for some new TikTok she's trying uh, hang on. uh but she looks great she walked by and she was like i hope this works and i was like i hope you know you look like rosario darson and the mandalorian but that's fine uh she brought me down a cup of ice she brought me down a two liter of coke zero because i need to watch my weight and then most importantly she brought me a very small bottle of four roses which so wait a minute wait wait wait, wait. turn Did that you, bottle again buy that today did you just buy that today? Is yeah, that I open? bought that this morning. Uh, is I that actually, a handle? Yeah, that is that is the Costco uh, variety of Four Roses, and I stand by it. <laughs> I stand by it. I love Costco. My man. My oh, man. Costco's wonderful. My man. My man. So anyway. You know, the uh, problem with Costco is I've had a Costco membership for like a month and a half, and I've already spent like $2,000 there. How does that even happen? I feel like having a Costco card has cost me way more. So than- I know you just said that you you got a, a Sam's membership, and we'll talk about this offline, but there is uh, there is something about Sam's that is uh, that I'm surprised Costco hasn't adopted. So. Oh, we'll talk about offline. I do yeah, like we'll Sam's as well, though, but they have like... I don't know. Sam's is the Walmart of wholesale clubs. So you get like more food choices and stuff like that. And I know it's right up your alley, but that's not what this podcast is about, even though it is a dad issue. Uh, but I feel like we should definitely keep moving. Let's keep these, these TV shows going. We are talking about yes. Hulu and Orville <laughs> uh, real quick on Hulu. We will talk about something that uh, production Matt is very fond of. And it's that Pam and Tommy show. That's a Hulu exclusive. He is really enjoying those episodes. I haven't watched a single one yet, even though um, the ads are hitting so hard. They are hitting hard. And also, uh, who plays Tommy? Uh, Sebastian Stan. Stan. That's Bucky uh, from any MCU fan. will will catch that immediately. But he plays Tommy. um, And uh, apparently you get to see his member, uh, if anybody's interested in that. So. Go check that out. I'm pretty sure my wife's going to go watch it right now. Uh, Everything I've heard about that show has been not particularly appealing. I don't know. And, and and I don't, I don't care about frontal nudity or any of that stuff. Like I don't care as long as there's context to the story, but I haven't heard a single thing from anybody who's watched that show that makes me say, man, I think I need to see that. (laughs) 
But I don't know. Man. I don't know. I heard frontal it's the same nudity. Thing I get when my wife says anything about, well, yeah, they're dating. So and so's date. I don't care. I don't. Yeah, that don't doesn't care. matter. Don't care. Don't matter. I don't care. So, like, so oh, anyway. they broke up. Oh, cool. They broke up. I don't care. Like, that whatever. That is one thing to mention over there on Hulu. Uh, but let's jump back into it real quick on the actual TV shows that all of us really care about. Let's talk about the Book of Boba. Um, let's that talk is, about the Book of Boba. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say it. As a fan who is, when it comes to Star Wars, I'm pretty casual, right? Obviously, Jay John here runs it. He is uh, the co-host of our sister podcast, uh, The Force Dyad, um, which goes heavy into all the Star Wars stuff and does a really good job, way better than we ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I look about, I'm very casual. I enjoy Star Wars. I <laughs> go out of my way. I see Mando uh, there. Oh, well, that's looking good. But anyway, we, we love it. Uh, we enjoy the fandom and stuff like that. But as far as the Book of Boba Fett, it's been difficult for me and my level of fandom to really be looking forward to every episode every week. And then all of a sudden that changed the fifth week in episode five. Brandon, I believe the words, the last time we talked about the book of Boba Fett, I think the words that I used were, it's a C student for me. And that was after two or three episodes. Um, Man, that third episode. Oh God. Um, There was some cool stuff. There was some really cool stuff in that third episode. The fourth episode. Yes. There's always something. I liked the fourth episode. I liked the buildup. I thought that that was part of the story that you needed to see with Fennec and how she was, you know, how she was brought into the fold and everything. I, I appreciated that storytelling a lot. Um, but Brandon, you're, you're hundred percent right. I can't wait to hear John's going to blow us away with all the knowledge he's got on this, but episode five and six um, definitely brought this show back around and it's, it's, you know, in, in my house, at least for me, it's must-watch TV at this point. Oh, all of a sudden, yeah. Oh. Episode 5 hit, and you're, you're absolutely right. This now just became must-see TV. It's right back up there with HBO's Watchmen. It is in the fold with Mandalorian Season 1 and 2. Uh, I'll even put it up there with Loki and WandaVision after Episode 4. Like, it just, it finally dropped. The hammer hit, and now you're into it. You're 100% just invested in these episodes now which is great i just one of the things that and i know we'll let jedi john obviously take us all to church on this but one of the things i was thinking about on this show uh the book of boba fett is that it is very much in the same vein as wandavision right it's a show that disney plus takes and they go hey we've got a little leeway here Let's flesh out these characters. Let's get a little more experimental with it, right? And when I say that, I look very specifically at WandaVision. WandaVision is like, let's do something different with the whole MCU. Uh, And then right when we're about to lose you, which is episode three, we're going to drop something where you go, hold up. Hey, hey, I'm going to watch episode four, right? And then once episode four hits, you're really into it. Then five, you're off to the races. And they did the same exact thing thing here with the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, I think there was a little bit of work to do with Book of Boba Fett where you had to somehow go back and tell the story of how Boba got out of the Sarlacc pit, 
how we get him up to speed with the timeline that we see in Mandalorian. So there's a lot of back and right. forth there. And I think once you essentially catch the character up to speed and put everybody back on the same page, that's where things really take off. Um, and, and it's odd to me, though, that when things really take off, and this is a bit of a spoiler, so if you haven't seen episode five, you need to go ahead and wait right here. But if you have, then this is the moment where you go, oh, we're going to jump back up to speed, and then we're going to progress the story, but we're going to do it with the character everybody loves, and that's Mandalorian. So what I want to ask Jedi John is, how much do we all really love Boba? Or has Boba become kind of like the placeholder to get us to more Mandalorian? Like, has the love of that character really decreased because he doesn't have the the capability to tell a story that's as compelling as Mandalorian? Well, I don't think that Boba doesn't have a, a story that's as compelling as the Mandalorian. Uh, granted, Mandalorian has Grogu, which brought in new fans to the Star Wars galaxy that we've never seen before uh, because it's a cute kid, right? So who doesn't love that? Uh, but the other thing is uh, these episodes were originally uh, chaptered in between uh, Mandalorian season two and season three. So um, their original chapter numbers were just a continuation of the Mandalorian storyline. So, and I feel like a lot of people forget that. Like they wanted a standalone Boba Fett show, which I would love that also, but. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hang on a second. Hang on. I guess I forgot that myself as the very casual fan. I didn't realize that book of Boba Fett was just, well, it sounds like the placeholder between season two and three of Mandalorian. Yeah. Originally when they updated episodes, um, it was chapters, um, oh shoot, was there eight in both Mandalorian seasons, sorry? So yeah, yeah, so 17, yeah. So 17 yeah. through 24 were the original chapter numbers for now when they- you mentioned uh, that, I remember seeing that. Yeah, when they first listed the uh, episodes on IMDb, it was chapter 17 through 24. So um, uh, things change, obviously, and they renamed the chapters and, well, they- don't call them chapters for the show itself. Um, but uh, originally it was meant to be uh, a, a bridge and uh, I'm glad we got the Mandalorian in it. Uh, I wish we had more Boba because I'm a huge Boba fan. Uh, he, I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character of all time for the uh, original trilogy, even though he didn't have that much screen time. Uh, and probably that was, uh, part of it, right, as the mystery of the of the character, knowing that he was just this uh, huge bounty hunter in the galaxy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mandalorian seems to be doing. Uh, I knew he was going to show up. He is the the face of the franchise right now, as far as uh, new fans and even casual fans. Like everybody knows exactly who the Mandalorian is. Um, you introduced Ahsoka. Uh, in the Mandalorian season two, brought her back um, for Book of Boba, uh, and uh, obviously you re-engaged Luke Skywalker again, also. So, bringing back really recognizable characters mixed in with your new face of the franchise between Mando and Ahsoka, both of those two characters are are really leading Star Wars right now. Um, 
I was not surprised that they gave them as much screen time. I just wish we would get more Boba because uh, it's episode six, Boba didn't even have one line. So um, I right. would have loved <laughs> to see something. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just for me as a, like, that I, my biggest gripe is just, I want more Boba. It wasn't anything like the episodes are great. Like a freaking fantastic episode five and uh, episode six was just as good with another big reveal um, for Cad Bane. So sorry, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen episode six yet, uh, but you'll get Cad Bane in there uh, and he looked good. Uh, they did a good job bringing him to life. Um, you also get Ahsoka, Luke and Grogu again. So uh, which at the end of episode five, you knew you were going to see Grogu. Uh, there's no, there's no way new, around nothing it. New. Here's the thing yeah, about new. I mean, he literally said he's going to go see his old friend, which means you're going to get Luke and Grogu again. So, and um, Ahsoka, the live actor, the live actor that played um, Luke in season one or season two, excuse me, uh, was the X-Wing pilot in episode five. So um, was the second one. So I knew we were going to get Luke again because we had the, the live action actor on, on set already. So there's no reason why they would just use him for one scene for X-Wing pilot. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about it real quick um, when we talk about Cad Bane because that was something about Episode Six that really excited me. Uh, because with all of the the wonderful Star Wars content that we've been getting in the last two years, which you know, realistically, Disney Plus has really brought something I think to the fandoms of everybody, whether you're it's, you know Marvel, Star Wars, whatever. But one of the things that I was struggling thinking of because a more casual fan, as I've said. I saw Cad Bane and I go, Cad Bane looks really, really good. Why does he yeah. look so good? I've seen him recently and then I realized the last time I saw Cad Bane, he was animated. He was in the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. And then to see yeah. him come over into a live action show and to be done so well, I was I was just kind of really floored by. And that was one of the things that um, like I, I took pause and I, I just thought, you know, it's 2022 now, and we are so lucky as fans to be able to see all these characters now crossing platforms. You know, you you would see Cad Bane before in, in Jedi, John, forgive me if I'm wrong here. Which yeah, Clone, I Wars. Clone yeah, Wars. Clone yeah. Wars, which was a while ago, and then you see him again in Bad Batch, which was just last year. You're super excited about it. And then he crosses over into the live-action TV show, which is the Book of Boba, and you're just like, get out of here. This is insane. Uh, which is probably one of the things that I think Book of Boba won't get credit for, but it should, but it's doing a really good job of, you know, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, bringing over all of the cross-platform characters, right? And by platform, I mean media, like animated, comic book, whatever. They're sowing this rich history and story of the Star Wars universe all into a very continual, like, tapestry, you know, I mean, see, we saw what Black Chrysanthemum in episode two of the Book of Boba. Three, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. No, Chrysanthemum was three. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it was three. No, no, three he four. shows up in two, and then he shows up again in three. Yeah, two, two, he got revealed, you're, and then right. three, he attacked. Yeah, and you're you right. see him, and you're like, that, that's incredible. I had no idea because he first showed up in the comic books War of the Bounty Hunters, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which I believe was written by Charles Soule. And then you yeah. see that you see that cross into this main continuity, and then now you're seeing all of these animated characters who are now popping up. And I think 
where I was not as excited for Book of Boba was it's it's not giving me the Boba Fett story I want, but now it, it's giving me this overall tapestry of a Star Wars story that I am right. so it, in love with. And I, I think not that's giving, huge. Yeah, it's not giving you the Boba Fett story you might want, but it is giving you a Star Wars story that you, maybe not the one you want, but the one that you really enjoy. Um, right. One other thing that, that I noticed out of episode five that, really gave me pause is two things really number one and john yeah yeah but number one is is seeing the naboo starfighter was there was something there was something there like the nostalgia hit pretty good for me on that yeah that was Um, that was also that was beautiful and for them to make it look like a mando ship was right right and and when he's talking to her and he's like you you got me this and she's talking about his ship and how how crazy it is and how great it is and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is, this is something else. But, but what really like, what gave me pause, literally, like I paused the show because I had to make sure that my eyes were treating me right is I don't know if it's the same one or not, but that was BD one from Jedi fallen order. Uh, it was a BD droid. droid. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was the same one or not, but it was a BD. So it was a cool, it was, it was a very cool, Easter egg drop to introduce a BD droid again and then uh, help him help Mando build the ship similar to how he helped Cal in all those uh, that was um, cool. areas of the game. Like yeah. they would literally like, like, oh, where does this panel go? And BD one would just show Cal where it went or whatever. So like, it was very cool to see. It was a very good nod to the video games also because um, they're going to make eventually bring those into Canon, I hope. Uh, and mm-hmm. it does give me hope that they bring Cal, Cal Kestis into the, into the fold again. Um, at this, at this point, honestly, with all the things that we've seen folded in into this season of Book of Boba, I mean, it's only a matter of time until Cal gets folded in as well. I think the video games are coming in. If the comic books can be rolled in, I think the video games come in too. Well, that was a question yeah. I had to ask uh, in episode six. So, you know, when when Din Djarin goes to find Grogu and Ahsoka's there, and then you saw a BD droid in the previous episode. I, that was the first question that hit my head is, you know, is, is Cal Kestis going to just walk out from behind a tree and what, be like, yeah, what are you doing here? That really There's was saying he can't do it. There was a serious what, moment where I thought the same thing. I was like, I think we might get this. Yeah. I, I mean, most, most impactful for me, the last two episodes, one was um, the opening scene for episode five. Uh, because you get to see the Mandalorian using the dark saber, and, and that we've never sick. seen a, a scene. Yeah, we've never seen a scene like that on Disney Plus per se. We've like, never seen a scene like a that in Star Wars. I mean, we watched we watched a guy get, just get cut in half. You know, like I mean, in, in the first season of the Mandalorian, that opening scene where he cut the guy on the door, but it wasn't the same as dude. You got a you got a lightsaber. I mean, it's a dark yeah. saber, but it's a lightsaber in your hand, and you just cut a guy in half on a table. And then through the, we see the silhouette of just him cutting off the head, you know, like it's pretty intense um, for a Disney plus show. So I'm, re- I'm really excited that they have decided that they can go a little to push that envelope a little, a little, yeah, a little bit. more dark, a little more, um, a, little, a little more pushing the ratings edge, you know? Um, so that's really exciting for, for um, fans because how great would it be to see a, a full fledged, like really dark bounty hunter going at it sometime. Um, not right. now, maybe, but in, in the future. I and will. Then, uh, um, hang on, so thing, I'll, and, I'll uh, give you pause there for just a moment, 
just before we jump on that, I just want to talk about that specific scene you're talking about. I think gives us the first very super, super real uh, interpretation of somebody using a lightsaber. Um, in that scene, Din Djarin injures his own leg because he's not super advanced or skilled in, in wielding the dark saber and he cuts his leg wide open, uh, yeah. which, which I think yeah. really serves to, you know, they're doing a great job showing not everybody immediately comes out of here as like a Jedi master, right? Like you, you get these weapons and though you may be fighting with them, it's not the first time like, you know, Din is, actually pretty adept at using the Baskar spear, right? And and that was great. He was able to stand up against Moff Gideon against the Darksaber with that spear, but when it came time for him to actually use the Darksaber itself, he was unskilled at it and ended up wounding himself considerably. And I think that that was a huge moment where, you know, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, everybody involved in that, and I believe Bryce Dallas Howard was the director did a really good job at, at portraying the fact that not everybody is meant to wield a lightsaber and that's okay because a Mandalorian is really good at their arsenal and commanding that, but not every weapon they use is something that everybody's incredibly skilled at. So seeing him accidentally open up his own thigh was a huge moment. Uh, and I, I didn't want to brush over that, even though you were doing a great job talking about the whole scene and everything there, John. No, you're good. I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, it, it's, again, showing Mando growing. I mean, we've seen him grow over the first two seasons of The, uh, the Mandalorian. Um, so um, you only expect him to learn and grow more than that. I was actually disappointed in episode six because I thought he was going to actually get to talk to Luke again. And have Luke help him with some of his training, which would have been freaking awesome. Um, I think that's a missed opportunity, but I understand why they went the way they did. Uh, and uh, going back real quick to episode five, I just I, uh, Bryce I, Bryce Dallas Howard does not get enough credit. Uh, she got a lot of flack for one of the episodes she did earlier in the season. Absolutely, um, Mandalorian. I, I think Bryce Dallas Howard is. I mean, she's my Gwen Stacy, so keep it yeah. moving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she did a great job with this episode and uh, previous the uh, previous Mandalorian episode she did. I think was the one where um, they were fighting off the um, chicken walker, wasn't it? Yeah, the chicken walker in the uh, in the woods, and she got all kinds of flack for showing the the foot the footprint and stuff like that. They're like, oh, I she's don't. just going yeah. back to Jurassic Park and blah blah. I'm like, come on, guys, like just get over it. No, she um, was the one that did the. Uh, where uh, Bo-Katan is introduced in Mandalorian and they're on the water ship and the amount of she effort that one also, yeah, she won her percent and the amount of effort oh, yeah. she puts into making sure that the boat is realistic is huge. So personally, right. Everybody who has a problem with Bryce house, Howard as a director on any episode of Mandalorian can come get a spoon and eat my ass because she, <laughs> she can do no wrong. <laughs> She oh, can, boy, Bryce Dallas Howard is is my saint, and well, I'll let you know. Oh man, uh, but no, um, but uh, going to episode six. I mean, Dave Filoni um, took the helm on this one, and um, you knew we were going to get Ahsoka as soon as we knew he was the director. Um, and he brought something that fans have been clamoring for for a long time, which was uh, Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker in the same shot which yeah, had never been seen before. So, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, 
they're freaking epic. And then she's talking to him about his father and it's just, um, uh, yeah, it's super, super awesome. Stop. Uh, I'm going to cry right now. I love, I know. The, I, I love the line from Din. You know, what are you doing here? She said, Oh, I'm an old friend of the family. <laughs> like, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. That's all you had to say. Yeah. No, I just, and I loved how they played that whole thing. Like, uh, R2 met him off the ship and, uh, came over and, and he gets to the, the temple being built and he's just looking around. He's like, is anyone here? Anyone alive? Anybody? <laughs> and then, and then R2 shuts off and then there's, is that a bench? Are they building? <laughs> what? And then, yep. One of the greatest, uh, virtues right there. Patience, my friend patience. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, really cool scene. Uh, I don't agree with how it ended because, well, I don't want it to end like that. Um, spoiler alert, big time. Uh, Grogu gets a choice on what he wants to do, yep, which yep. we saw was coming. Um, and I don't disagree with how it was written. It's not what I want to see, but I don't disagree with it because I believe that Luke had a like that just Jedi hubris, like it's one way or the highway right. type attitude for a long time. And I think he realized that. And not to bring up the sequels too much, but in the sequels, you could tell he definitely had changed the way he felt about how the Jedi's attitude was towards um, other ide- ideologies. So it, it was a it was a cool uh, moment just to kind of see like, oh yeah, he read the books. He's trying to do the way of the Jedi, but there were flaws that he will soon find. So. Uh, but he's still learning also, even though he's master Luke, he's, he's still learning. So actually, I really like that because even in episode six, uh, of the book of Boba, which again, this is a huge mess because you're not really seeing Boba Fett grow at all, but now you're seeing, uh, characters that you love grow. So in episode five, you see Mandalorian grow in the fact that you're no longer a Mandalorian. You removed your helmet what are you going to do, right? And now in episode six, just as you said, like Luke with his here's your one choice kind of stuff, well, no, here's how Luke is going to have to grow later on. So you get these incredibly popular Star Wars characters who now are showing signs of growth, and somehow they're happening during Boba Fett's show, which is the thing that just blows my mind, right? Because how is Boba growing? And I feel like the argument immediately there is, well, Boba's growing because he wants to grow and run this whole crime syndicate on Tatooine with respect. And you're just like, nah, bro, I don't get it. I don't see that. I honestly feel like you should be a lot harder than when you went into the pit than when you came out. I feel like you should be a lot harder. Um, But it's really interesting to me to see all this character growth for all of these other characters in Boba Fett's show, which is honestly, I think the thing that bothers me the most about the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. I mean, that's been the backlash, the backlash for most, most hardcore fans is uh, probably the fact that we're not getting more Boba and I mean, that's okay. I'm not even mad mad about it. I'm not mad about it. Like I, like, you know, personally, I love these characters, and these are all characters I want to see more of and everything like that. But, I, you know, as a huge Batman fan, like, Batman is my bread and butter. He's the reason I get out of bed um, a lot of days. Don't tell my wife or my kids. 
But, like, you know, when I go read a Batman comic and stuff, when I see more character growth or development for a secondary character over Batman while I'm reading a Batman book, I kind of wonder, what the hell am I reading this book for? Why why don't I have a different uh, venue or media to, to watch this growth for these other characters? Because I feel like the character I showed up for gets shortchanged. So, I mean, as a resident Star Wars expert, Jedi John... Could you maybe shed some light on the fact that maybe we'll see more for Boba down in the future or something? Or is there a way that he is not just a conduit for the growth of the other popular characters? Yeah, so, you know, I, I hope we get a season two for Book of Boba. And yeah. I hope that everything goes well in the next episode and our main characters of the show survive and all that good stuff. Um, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see them backing down from the pikes. In fact, I, in, in any case, I think we're going to get more reveals, which will be more fun. Um, I think we have one more still to get. Uh, so uh, there's got to be one more big reveal, right? Like they don't. I'm hoping. I'm hoping yeah. one more reveal shows up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think Bubble will still play a part occasionally in the Mandalorian show when, when especially anywhere near Tatooine or any time. Mando's dealing with the crime syndicate. Um, but really, and it's it's almost sad to say, but like, like similar to Hawkeye for the Avengers and Marvel, you know, he's passing the torch a little bit to the brand new character that is that is can can be a new face for that character. And can, I mean can really when you hold well, yeah, the torch for up, the franchise. I gotcha. Yeah, well, yeah. When you queue up Disney Plus on a Star Wars show right now, it's not Boba Fett. It's Mando on the, or Grogu. It's, it's Mando's helmet or Ahsoka. You know? It's Mando's yep. helmet. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's one of those situations where you have to feed the feed the new characters. So, uh, I hope we get season two. Uh, I think we will, uh, personally, uh, because I think there's more to explore in the Crime Syndicate. I think they needed to bridge a little bit for the Mando um, new ship. I think there's still a new ship to be found uh, because the ship he has currently is not built for bounty hunting per se. No, no, that's Um, a hot. So I think there's still a new ship to become like to become his Um, deep down. I was always hoping that his payment for helping Boba was going to (laughs) be his gunship. So um, I don't know if that'll still happen or not, but I feel like Mando still needs a very iconic Star Wars um, ship. Um, which the Razor Crest was. And, I was going to say, I think he's um, had it. I think the Razor Crest was it. I think, yeah. And his search for a new ship was another Razor Crest. So I think he gets one just with some upgrades. Yeah. And I mean, um, similar to um, Rebels, for uh, any fans that have seen that, the, the Phantom and Ghost were connected. Um, one ship was smaller, it detached from the, the larger one to go out on special missions and stuff. I feel like that should be kind of how this ship reacts to a bigger gunship and they can uh, use it for smaller missions just to get around quickly. Um, if he's parking the razor crest somewhere else, um, I would just be a cool add on feature, but that Naboo star cruiser is fast. It's unbelievably so, yeah. gorgeous. It's cool, I'm but saying. I agree. I think they're going to have, I think he's going to have a base ship. And that one's going to be chilling in the back of it. And he'll use it when he needs right. to. But we'll move on. Uh, the show that I'm watching over on HBO Max, which, 
by the way, it was up until this week that I realized that HBO Max is not just HBO going hardcore. It is HBO combining with Cinemax. And that's how I know that I'm an idiot uh, because I didn't make that connection until somebody pointed out to me so you found the after hour stuff didn't you yeah i did yeah i did that was <laughs> the after hours our after hours episode by the way the one that uh we just posted which i believe is uh episode 29 uh, is over on the patreon you should guys definitely go check that out it's uh well that one was a banger it's all the inside jokes for the galactic dads podcast so if I'm you're a fan sorry you i am so sorry oh <laughs> i missed it it's a oh. good time. It's a good time. But anyway, uh, speaking of things that are inside jokes and, and absolutely vulgar, but somehow still enjoyable, uh, very enjoyable, in fact, let's talk about Peacemaker over on HBO Max. Um, are you guys familiar with the character at all from The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, uh, premiered last summer over there on HBO Max? Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I've yeah, seen it. That's the, the only thing that I've seen Peacemaker in. All right. So in that particular film, uh, Peacemaker is not the best guy. Yeah, I mean, he is there for the mission. Uh, he is highly entertaining, but he is not uh, the type of person that you would want to align yourself with. In fact, so much so that you would much rather, I think, identify with Bloodsport, which is, I mean, character name given. The guy that put Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet, and somehow he's still better than Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad film. So when Peacemaker got his own TV show over on HBO Max, I was a little concerned at how it was going to go. And much to my surprise, the show is incredible. Uh, I've been watching it, and every episode makes me laugh. Uh, there is character development in every episode, which is surprising to me. Uh, it most of the episodes, not all of them, but most of them are written and directed by James Gunn, who, of course, if you are a fan of the Galactic Dads podcast, you know uh, he is the guy who writes and directs the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, uh, Volume 1, 2, and Volume 3, which is on the way out. Uh, and he also did The Suicide Squad over there on HBO Max. So there's a lot of good stuff in the corner of Peacemaker. So for this to be a TV show that focuses on one of the characters who is the least loved uh, in the show or in the movie, to give him a TV show to further expand on his character is a bit of a gamble. Uh, but I will go ahead and say this. Uh, it's a gamble worth taking. Like, I'm in love with it. However, I know that I am not of course the only one here who loves the show i think other people enjoy it but i think laser eric does not enjoy peacemaker in the way that i do so i want to go ahead and give him the benefit uh to describe that before i just dive into my love of the show so so here's what i'll say i i feel like peacemaker is a show that i should really like i should love this show i don't see why i shouldn't it's right up my alley on some of the stuff that that it does um i've i've watched the first couple episodes and there are I, i'm not going to sit here and say that i think it's garbage because that's not fair and that's not true it, it really isn't it's just it's not grabbing me man like I'll, I'll sit there i try to watch it and it's like five minutes in okay where's the distraction like i'm just i can't i i don't know i i don't know and and like i, th I think I, I brought this up on twitter 
Uh, and our, our buddy Mash at Hops Geek News is uh, very quick to defend the show, which I, uh, I thoroughly respect his opinion. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I'm going to give it another chance and, and see if maybe I just wasn't in the right mind space to watch it when I did, but, but dude, like those first couple episodes, when I watched it, it just, I can't even sit here and, and talk negatively about anything about it. All I can say is it just didn't grab me and hold my attention. That's really it. I mean, that's fair. Uh, you know, a lot of times people have struggles latching onto a show, especially if it's a new IP, uh, for me, yeah, I don't know for me. I, I felt the same way when I was watching, uh, we just talked about the book of Boba Fett, you yeah. know, episode one, two, I was just counting. I mean, there's cool parts about it. I'm just not getting it. Uh, but I do feel like, and forgive me, Jedi John, before I go ahead and just dive into this, do you have any thoughts on the show? Have you seen the show? Oh uh, no, just, just hit it. I'm, uh, so I'm missing my HBO Max account right now, and okay. Uh, okay. probably gonna have to renew it for Peacemaker. Um, especially, I just watched Dune for the second time over the weekend, and or last couple of days actually. The movie is so and, good. I love yeah, Dune. And, and I love just, Dune so it much. Made me. It just made me want to get HBO Max again. So uh, I'm gonna have to probably do it because I got I saw that on a flight. So I'm just like, yeah, I just need to go get HBO Max again. So Dune is so Dune was. Dune was probably one of the reasons why I went ahead and just bit the bullet on HBO Max. And then um, they were like, hey, here's some more like DC comic stuff. And I went, yep, keeping you. Don't worry about it. Um, yep. But, but anyway, yeah, so, if, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't, haven't seen it. Looking forward to it. Uh, don't worry about spoiling anything because I've seen enough videos already. So Yeah, well, I'm going to put it to you like this. This is very much a James Gunn type of show. Um so much so that I kind of lament the fact that we don't have our very own Florida man on the episode because he's our James Gunn super fan. Uh, however, like James Gunn is known for a lot of things. Uh, if you just kind of watch like the thematics of you know his work, you you kind of see a couple of things that recur. One of them is Aliens. Uh, he did a movie very famously uh, called Slither, uh, which had to do with like a slugworm invasion of a town and a lot of that echoes back to his work and what he's doing in peacemaker with the butterflies uh so it's like this foreign alien parasite that takes over human beings uh and enters their body graphically uh, <laughs> which you see in the very latest episode of peacemaker however one of the things that i thought was very impressive about peacemaker is it's absolutely insane right it's crazy it's very much in the same vein of the character that you see in the Suicide Squad of Peacemaker himself, where he's, he declares that he loves peace so much that he's willing to kill any man, woman, child that it takes to ensure peace, right? Uh, and in fact, if it took him to suck a bag of dicks uh, on a beach to ensure peace, he would go through that entire bag to completion to ensure peace, which is absolutely disgusting. But the character himself seems very surface level, just kind of offensive in the suicide squad, the film. But once you hit him up in peacemaker, his actual own TV show, James Gunn takes a very careful approach to showing you not only is this character actually kind of nuanced, like they're, 
there are reasons that he behaves the way that he did, the ways that led him up to becoming part of Amanda Waller's suicide squad or her task force X. But there's even like layered aspects to that. Like his childhood was obviously not great, but it was like, it's poignant. And there are sad moments that you, you get to see later as the show progresses where you begin to feel sympathy for this character. Not just that, you know, obviously he's this big muscled buffoon, but now like you go, well, if that happened to me, I'd be a lot worse than Peacemaker is now. Uh, so one of the things that this show does very well is it, it layers on not only Peacemaker's trauma, but the way that he deals with it is surprisingly good for how severe the things that happen to him are, um, which is, you know, impressive in my opinion. And then for them to layer it on with the amount of comedy that you get, which is insane. I mean, his pet is a bald eagle, and that bald eagle is hardcore in the way that it takes out opponents, but still somehow is very nice to Peacemaker. Uh, is hilarious. So the show shows you a lot of depth to the character who otherwise is a write-off, right? Like a joke uh, to the rest of the DC universe, but then it begins to show you, again, like the nuanced aspects of the character, the reasons, his motivations, the things that he does, what he does, uh, and believes very deeply in the quest for peace. Uh, the thing that the show does also very well, it shows you all the surrounding characters around him. I think one of the breakout stars of Peacemaker is Vigilante. Uh, this is a man who... I mean, there's no other way to describe him. He is an absolute sociopath, right? And uh, one of the reasons that I think that this character is so well portrayed in the show of Peacemaker is because somehow you have someone who completely embodies woke culture. 100% could identify himself as woke, but still will murder a family of four who is at their table eating dinner and somehow still make you think that he did that appropriately to not offend anybody. Like, it's it's absolutely insane. It's so much fun. And the way that James Gunn is able to definitely kind of navigate those, here's the moment, here's what we're living in now, and comment on our cultural society and still bring these somewhat, like, 80s characters in the comic books who let's be real vigilante is just a rip off of the punisher is a dc's punisher through and through but still somehow makes him incredibly entertaining uh i think is really a highlight of dc i think it's one of the ways that they're upping marvel at this point in their own tv shows you know i mean I, the, the fact that you're saying i mean Here's the thing. Marvel did the same thing with the Avengers, right? Iron Man was not a well-known superhero when he first came through the big screen. Now, granted, Peacemaker came through on the big screen, and now he has his own TV show. But uh, it is a, a different view for DC to take a smaller-known uh, hero and bring him to the spotlight. Yeah, Peacemaker their is, motivations. let's be real, Peacemaker is like, he's D-caliber. So is Vigilante. And for them to bring them up and go, you know what, Batman, Wonder Woman, Super, Superman, whatever, they're doing what they're doing. But let's make something happen with these characters. And, you yeah. know, realistically, that is where James Gunn has himself shown his true colors to be 
beneficial. I mean, look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Guardians. That's yeah, true. unheard of. Unheard of. I mean, until he took I, them. I remember um, watching all of the Marvel films and after Avengers and then hearing, hey, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be the next film by this director named James Gunn. And I went, are you kidding me? Those are the characters that you're going to come at us with? Because, you know, as a comic book fan, I was aware of those characters. I had seen what they'd been up to. Brian Michael Bendis had been expanding those characters up until that time. Uh, and then to see them go, yeah, they're going to get a movie. I went, what? And then the movie was great. Volume 2 was great. They were integral in Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, and now I'm very much looking forward to Volume 3 of those characters. So we know that James Gunn is very good at what he does with secondary third tertiary characters uh, and and bringing them really into the limelight and um you know i i think that's a great way to say it it doesn't matter what character you have or or what as long as you have a good storyline as long as you have a great story to tell and you believe in the characters themselves you're going to do a good job i think that's where james gunn really excels and i think as fans whether you're marvel dc i think we're really benefiting from that right now because I can't think of another person who could bring vigilante to screen and have me just like giggling, like giggling with excitement every time I see him on screen. It's so good. So good. Violent, but yet somehow still innocent. And woke. like there's all these different aspects of this character that they roll in. And I'm like, how are you doing this? Everyone in Twitter should hate this character, and yet we all love him, which I think really is a testament to the skill that James Gunn brings to these uh, storytelling. Yeah, if you can unite Twitter, you're you're winning you're winning the game right there. <laughs> it, I mean, he really is. He is, and uh, I'm like, I'm not even mad about it. I'm just I'm just happy to see it happening and unfold live in front of my eyes. It's huge. <laughs> And Brandon, you brought up a really good point there is DC has always had the, I guess the MO or the reputation of focusing on their A-list characters. And, you know, that, that brings up a good point to me because, you know, like I said, this, this show and the style of the show and everything, it's right up my alley. I should enjoy it. And I haven't to this point, but this, you brought up a really good point there is DC. This is kind of the first time, you know, aside from the suicide squad, I think they did it to a degree, but this is the first time in a TV show that DC is really focused on a character that maybe not everybody knows about or is even particularly interested in. Um, and when you get a show like that, when you're used to one thing and you get something totally different, you have to look at it through a different tint of lens to really get something out of it. Um, so you might've just helped me figure out how I can watch this show and enjoy it. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a nice little book report on that here in the next week or so and see what we can come up with. No, it's, it's really good. I feel like if you just go ahead and watch all the way through, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. And also, I mean, you're going to see things that that you never thought you would see in a comic book TV show. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. No, that's, I mean, that's great. If, if we can see, you know, something unique, which I think we are getting that out of this show. I know there's stuff going around on Twitter about how, you know, nobody skips the intro on Peacemaker. 
No, and, no, that is unbelievably mind blowing. Right. And I saw that before I saw the show, and then I watched the show and I watched the intro. I'm like, holy shit, yeah, I can't skip this. Like, yeah, no, you know, I can't skip real this. quick because funny as hell. I don't know that uh, Jedi John is aware of the intro to Peacemaker. Are are you have you seen any of it at all? If I have, I don't know. Okay. I mean, uh, right. Oh, then you haven't. Okay, so yeah. other videos and stuff. So here's oh, what you're looking okay. at. When you watch the intro to Peacemaker, what you see is uh, a dance number by all the actors on the show. Extraordinarily well choreographed. But it was number. but it is clearly designed for people who honestly cannot dance. Um and one <laughs> of the things that happens in it is that they need a standstill or somebody to fill in uh for this choreography like they need somebody to do the choreography so uh the person running it used their husband and their husband is alan turdike and he actually pulls off the choreography and there's a video of him doing it and if you are not immediately uh for me it is a rogue one fan right because i'm very interested now yeah. Yeah, yeah so if you watch it you can see alan turdike do all of these like these dance choreography moves and things that are not for like hardcore <laughs> dancers. Like nobody's out there doing a TikTok video to this. It's like a bunch of people who you're like, Oh, you're not a dancer, but you're still doing this. should intro, be doing right? a TikTok video to this. Yeah. So they, they do these things. And uh, in this intro, you can tell that Alan Turdike who's really killing it by the way. Uh, so you should go check out the, the credit intro for peacemaker. It's actually quite wonderful. Hmm. And it does okay. have it does have some uh, linkages over to the Star Wars universe, which is pretty cool. the the part that The part that hit me the hardest on that is every time you look at John Cena's face, it is stone serious. Oh, it is stone cold, uh, like, hardcore as well. At all? Why would it be something different? The I, only, I only expect that. Well, yeah. obviously, you can't see him the whole time, which is the only other part. But Harcourt herself is the only other person in that whole dance lineup that is more stone faced than John Cena oh, yeah. as Peacemaker. Like, and and by the way, I I don't know immediately know the actress, but she does a really good job of making you feel inadequate the whole time you are watching the show. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so Peacemaker, um, I think is doing a really good job of making a terrible character very relatable, uh, giving you a lot of love, making a lot of D and C-list characters lovable. Uh, they even give you Amanda Waller's daughter and uh, a lot of the conflict that she would have if she was doing wet work for her mom, which you see. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you get that. And then you get, you know, the typical James Gunn, like alien invasion, grotesque, gory stuff. So... Uh, Peacemaker for me is a nine out of ten must watch. Okay, so if you guys aren't watching it, go watch it, and you'll be glad you did. <laughs> and then uh, let's move it on. Let's move it on. Uh, that honestly, I think that wraps up TV for all of us. I think we have video games next, which yep. is Sounds huge, good. huge video game news. Um, mm-hmm. I know. What was it last week? Uh, week before. We talked about Microsoft's um, acquisition of Activision and uh, Bethesda. And then uh, this week, we've got a tit-for-tat from Sony. So we'll talk about that. 
and we will go ahead and move on now into video games. So let's just check it out. Let's do it. You guys can hear that, can't you? I can tell you can hear it. Can you <laughs> yes, hear that? Yes, we can hear it. You can Absolutely actually hear it? Yes. Wow, that's actually oh, yeah. that's good to know it. for uh, future shows. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we were talking about video game news. Obviously, yeah. whenever it comes time for video game news, I bow out to the expertise <laughs> of Blazer Eric. However, sometimes Jedi John has good news to talk about as well. Uh, if you've got it, let me know. Otherwise, Blazer Eric, take this. So I want to start this out. I just, a buddy of mine just sent this over to me. He found it on Facebook. Who's the buddy? It's pretty funny. Who's the buddy? Uh, it's my buddy, Dustin. He lives in Arkansas. I don't know if he's a listener or not. Um, I only see him a couple times a year. So if you are Dustin, I love you, buddy. I'll see you here in about, oh, six weeks. Uh, if not, you know, if that's not cool. just, uh, just text him the, uh, the time you mentioned him on the pod. Right. He'll be exactly. a listener now, right? Exactly. But uh, he said, I've never in my life seen a more devastating insult. Somebody put on Twitter, it says, your man looks like he drops common loot when he's defeated. Oh, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that. I like that. So uh, I wanted to start that breaking the ice here. Um, Brandon mentioned it before we talked about Microsoft uh, with the big purchase of Activision not too long ago. not necessarily in what I would call a tit for tat move. These things don't happen very quickly, but um, there was another announcement here last week. I want to say maybe it was two weeks ago now. Um, Bungie uh, studio behind a little known game called destiny destiny Two. Uh, they also created a game that, that some of you may or may not have heard of in the past. We talked about earlier called halo. You know, no one's heard of that. No, nobody's heard of that at no. all. Um, You're crazy. Bungie has been acquired by Sony Entertainment. Um, So now Sony Entertainment, PlayStation Entertainment owns Bungie as a studio. Um, I've been really curious about this because so in the life cycle of Destiny, I've played Destiny since day two, would have been day one, but I had an Xbox problem. That's another conversation. originally when destiny came out destiny was bungie's sole intellectual property and they were tied very closely to the playstation with playstation exclusives and things thanks largely to their activision partnership um bungie since then has broken free of activision a few years ago uh went off on their own doing their own thing self-publishing etc etc doing honestly doing a bang-up job they've made a lot of improvements to their games and to their you know their gameplay quality um but as part of that they also drifted more toward the xbox bungie was they put destiny 2 and all the expansions on game pass um you know they kind of they took all that exclusivity away from sony so this news was kind of a surprise to me because of that um in another way, the more I the more I read up on it, the more I think about it, the more I I follow a lot of Bungie people on Twitter because, like I said, I'm a Destiny player. I was a Destiny player. I I got to get back into it in a few weeks when Witch Queen comes out. But 
Sony's purchase of Bungie is not necessarily to make Destiny a console exclusive. They've come out specifically and said this will continue to be a multi-platform game. Now, Bungie has other properties in development. I don't know what stage or anything like that. Bungie's grown a lot in the past few years. Um, But the conversation keeps circulating that Sony owning Bungie is going to help them use these intellectual properties for other forms of media. So we could very easily in the next couple of years have a Destiny TV show, have a Destiny movie or multiples. Um, so that is something that I find interesting. That game's lore and, and the story and everything involved in that is something that, that doesn't get visited on very much in the game. So the possibility of a TV show, movies, even shorts and stuff like that, like Marvel's got their one shots. You could see Sony doing one shots and stuff with destiny content or whatever. Uh, That could be a good thing. Honestly, Sony on the PlayStation, they could use a little bit of, um, they could use a little bit of exclusivity on a couple of things, obviously not the game, but maybe some parts of the game or something like that. That wouldn't be a bad thing either. Um, you know, to kind of balance the power a little bit between the two consoles. Absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah I mean, ca- casual fan reaction was crazy because everyone went straight for Halo. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's where I went. Like, I mean, what's casual what's fan? To Halo? <laughs> I was like, I love playing Halo right here on my Xbox One. Like, am I going to have to get that PS5? Because that's all the push I need. Uh, Bungie doesn't own Halo anymore. Right. right, Microsoft three, Studios two, three. does. Yeah, three, and, three. Uh, yeah, three four three is the one who developed. Three, three, sorry. Um. So yeah, so it, I was curious about Halo as well. Um, I don't. You're not going to get Halo on the PlayStation, but I think so. Bungie's first-person shooters, in my not so humble opinion on this, have the smoothest and best gunplay of any shooter that you can play on the market period that includes call of duty and call of duty is fine. Like I have nothing against it, but that includes well, call of duty. That includes all the other ones. I think it's a different kind of smooth just because right. I mean, they're, they're playing in a fictional fictional world. Most, I mean, obviously True. so does Activision, but uh, call of duty, they're trying to make more realistic. So you're dealing That's with factors, but yeah, but, but like it is so smooth. I love, I love their shooters. I'm, I'm going to be has. completely honest with you guys. I'm going to go ahead and jump in on this because I feel like somewhere in between the two of you and your expertise, I, I fall on a happy medium. I would love to be a Call of Duty guy all the time through and through. I also have just recently found out that I don't care if I delete Call of Duty to play Halo again. Um, like I'm, I am that in the middle fan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Halo is much smoother. Like there's this, there's this wonderful yes. kind of uh, connection where you just pepper your opponent with you know ballistic ammo, plasma ammo, whatever, and then you get in their face and and just absolutely bludgeon them with your elbow, your gun, whatever, uh, to seal the deal. And for me, that's the way you play. Like that's your FPS. That's how you you claim dominance. Um, mm-hmm. If you teabag me with a sniper rifle. I don't respect you as much as an in-your-face running and gunning type of guy, which is why I think I 100% agree that Halo, for me, has it. 
had that's yeah i look at john over there covering his face he's like yeah i know i love teabagging people i love talking trash no because i would be the guy from across the map in halo sniping you and then flying over to teabag you yeah yeah i've got the thruster don't worry i'm coming over i'm gonna land on your corpse and absolutely do it and yeah, one of the things, by the way, that Halo Infinite has taught me is that a lot of people have lost the art of teabagging. Um, you know, there's there's been a lot of like yard sales. You know, where the, the one guy in the map who's been running it just gets destroyed, and nobody teabags that person. I don't understand it. Like as soon as I get to, excuse me, as soon as I get to that guy. I'm dropping tea bags left and right. I'm like all over that guy's body. I'm like, your mommy, your mommy, everybody you know, just take these tea bags, sir. And uh, that's probably how they know that they're not playing a kid. Yeah, that's about, what are you, 40? Yeah, yeah. My 401k is rich. My portfolio is diversified, and you that's are a cool, piece buddy. of buddy. What kind of car do you drive? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to come yeah. over to your house. Your mom's been i me left and right i'm be a stepdad by next week so so one thing i will say here is playstation has an ip (laughs) god getting old sucks but yeah please go ahead please go ahead playstation's got an ip sitting out there that they haven't done much with in the past and i would love to see bungie get their hands on it is it Killzone? Subset. It's Killzone. It's Killzone. Killzone was a great game when it came out. I love Sony Killzone. Entertainment hasn't done anything with it in a while, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I've so the Xbox controller has been ever since the 360 came out. Microsoft has had the monopoly on good controllers. The PlayStation yeah. Two controller sucked. The PlayStation Three controller was the exact same controller. PlayStation 4 controller was the exact same. They haven't done shit to change their controllers in 15 years. I mean, there was a bit of an effort to change the PS5 controller, but you're absolutely right. I think Microsoft kills it on the console controller. What I was going to say is the PlayStation 5 controller is significantly more intuitive with certain functions. I still think the Xbox controller feels better in your hands, but... The PS5 controller, the way the triggers operate, they can, like, the games can actually put resistance on the triggers while you're playing, which is, it, it's really, it's that's a pretty trip. dope. Yeah. It's that's, a trip yeah. when you do it. But you look at a game like Killzone, which is a much darker, much grittier game than even a Halo or even a Call of Duty, which I, I, I love Call of Duty. I love the, like, the modern warfare type games and stuff like that as much as I love my sci-fi, but you you add a little bit more grit, you add a little bit more darkness, then you've got something unique that if Bungie can put their stamp on that and help them develop that into something, that could so what, be your next big console selling game. I mean, I'm right there with you. I truly believe one of the best games of the PS2 was Killzone at PS3. It was had, so good. Had, had, Honestly, Killzone was one of my favorite games on PS2, and that was even when I was dealing with um, Metal Gear Solid 3, right? Like, mm-hmm. phenomenal gaming. Uh, but to get that type of first-person shooter was huge. To bring that to the PS5 level with a little bit of you know reassurance from Bungie, who obviously knows what they're doing when it comes to the FPS realm, I think that that could be huge. Uh, one of the things that I am looking for 
And if we're talking about this generation level of gaming is, you know, it's really easy for everything to go dark. Like everything wants to be so dark. And I think one of the best things about these games, even though Killzone is obviously, you know, in the name you've got Killzone, but you're talking about like, you know, interplanetary factions just trying, just battling for survival, right? Like making the Nazis look cool and 2022 <laughs> right which is essentially what Killzone's trying to do right um but i still think like a lot of things that would would help those types of games would be to reintroduce the fun aspect of it you know like here we are we are the re, the rebels like we're we're fighting against you know the tyranny of these of these people uh, i think that's one of the things that i really think needs to be enhanced and looked upon uh, one of the reasons I say that is I say that from a comic book lens. One of the things as a comic book fan that I've really been struggling with in the last 10 years is all of the comic book things I read, it's like, hey, to be a superhero is really dark and it sucks and you're either Wolverine or Batman with a lot of like angst. But you know, there's also the fact that maybe you fight crime because you love being a good person. And it, it is right. easy, and it is fun, and you have powers, and with those powers, you do the right thing. Uh, that's like, I, I just miss that, like, happy-go-lucky kind of aspect uh, mm-hmm. of comics, and I would love to see those in video games again. What I'm, what I'm hopeful for with, like, the future of video games and things like that is I, I want to see a return to a little bit more depth of story, a little bit more richness, there's been such a focus on the online and the multiplayer presence it's and true. all this other shit. And, and I get why. Okay. Because they make you a ton of money. I mean, you Absolutely. look at, you look at Epic games, Epic games is a billion dollar company on a free to play game. So they're obviously doing something right. And I'm well, not going to discount that. Well, can I go well, ahead free, and free to play with microtransactions? Well, exactly. Yeah, every, exactly. Everything's a pull of the slot machine, right? So right. But if if you look at you look at a game like Destiny and Destiny 2, what whether you like it or not, there is there is a depth there. They don't explore it as much as they should in game, although they are improving in that. But there's a depth there. You look at the best Call of Duty games. You know, I think we can all agree Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops 2 were the were the best Call of Duty games objectively they had a depth of story that you could play along with and that you could get involved with, you know, everybody. I personally personally have not been disappointed with a campaign in a call of duty. Right. Probably ever. I mean, really? I haven't enjoyed campaigns. I I did. The campaigns are are fine. I mean, that's just it. Like the campaign are are, are fun to play once, but well, that's fair. fair. But like, but like to your point, like the other those games you just mentioned like uh, modern warfare 2 black ops black ops 2 like you could replay those campaigns right versus, right. versus it's now true. it's only multiplayer replayability absolutely well yeah and you look at modern warfare 2 i forget when that game came out but god i wasn't even married yet and, 2008 uh, 2009 maybe yeah something like that like 2008 2009 and, and all three of us can sit here and we all agree ghosts deserve better you know, oh, God, I love multiplayer on Ghost, but just man, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, well, John got it. I don't think Brandon did. <laughs> Give me a Thanks. Modern Warfare Two for uh, I'll, I'll put my ghillie suit on every day. Oh, yeah. Modern Warfare Two. Let's go. 
but yeah, I, I'm hoping for more depth, a little bit more depth, a little bit of a return to that. Um, you know, one example, Final Fantasy 16 is supposed to come out at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. I think that's going to have a pretty deep story. One thing that we got some news on this past week, Grand Theft Auto 6 is apparently not only in development, but has been in development. And everything that's out there about GTA 6 is that it's a fairly ambitious undertaking, uh, significantly more than the last one. So well, I mean, what, what that does that mean? Story there. Like any Grand Theft Auto game in the last let's be real with it 25 years is ambitious like grand well, theft auto in the last 25 years it's grand theft auto 5 i mean uh, absolutely it's like games well, I mean, let's, let's talk about like grand theft auto wants to pretend like they don't set the bar like like that's right. not a studio that completely sets up mini games campaign games multiplayer games like they go out of the way to just go and say hey is this what you want? And obviously, yeah, I, I, anything that is coming out from Grand Theft Auto is definitely what I want. Right. And Any, it, that's why a GTA people, game, I just think of Fast and the Furious movies coming out. That's all I think of. <laughs> <laughs> because well, they made the same, well, they made the same game for so long now. So like, it's just like, they just keep recycling everything. So well, and 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 Rockstar is getting ready to relaunch GTA Five on the Series X and the PS Five next month, um, which cracks me up, you know, as far as that goes. But uh, but yeah, everything that everything that I've read and everything that I've looked at has has talked about how GTA Six is going to make GTA Five look like a small game. That's which, unbelievable. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what that's about. That's that's really what it is. But as long as we get more depth in these games and everything, I'll be happy. Yeah. So, but that's really all I got today. So, all right, that sounds pretty good for video games. I mean, that's pretty yeah. huge. That's a lot of news. News. I uh, think we'll wrap that segment up and we'll go ahead and head right on to one of our favorite parts of the show, which is the Patreon shoutouts. Like I said, the Patreon shoutouts are one of our favorite parts of the show. If you are a member of the Patreon or are interested in checking that out, you can see how you can get mentioned on the show on every single episode. Just go check out patreon.com slash galactic dads, and there you can find out how you can either score some super sweet merch, uh, support the show, or become mentioned on every single episode. And as such, we, of course, have our Patreon uh, producer-level members to shout out. Uh, first up, we got Keith Jefferson, uh, the OG member. Then, of course, we have Special K, uh, who's been an integral part of the show. And so has TK31788 uh, and also Ezra Laser. All very special producer-level uh, tier patrons. Uh, we absolutely uh, appreciate and love their support. Uh, but, of course, we can't finish the show without talking about our I Love You 3000 level member, and that is Joe President. Uh, Joe is uh, the head of our sister podcast, The Comic Shop Couch. 
Uh, so you definitely go check that podcast out. Otherwise, he is a wonderful dad and a huge comic book geek in his own right. So we definitely want Joe and the rest of our producer-level friends to enjoy this much-deserved applause. Here you go, guys. All right, so that's going to take us on out. Uh, as we finish these beers and say cheers, we thank all of you for listening. Please remember, give us a like, rate us, leave a review, and definitely share the show no matter what platform you're listening to us on. Uh, check us out again on patreon.com slash galacticdads for bonus episodes exclusive only to Patreon subscribers, uh, such as the After Hours episodes that we just posted, episode 29 uh, and it's absolutely hilarious. So definitely go check that out. Uh, plus, you can get your hands on some sweet Galactic Dads merch. Uh, you can also check us out on Tee Public uh, and get some super sweet Galactic Dads merch there, uh, or even on Buy Me a Coffee. Uh, all those links are down in the show notes uh, below, and you can follow us on the socials also in the show notes below. Uh, definitely check out the Comic Shop Couch podcast, the Force Dyad podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, really enjoy any of these shows on the Galactic Dads Media Network. Uh, but anyway, till next episode, we thank you for listening and keep on doing the dad thing. Cheers. <laughs>